Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 9th, 2014. Today's podcast was recorded during our Youth Sunday service and features two short sermons by members of the Park Road Youth Group. Our first speaker today is Margaret Knight with her sermon, If God Worked at Autobell. She was followed by Patrick Brady with his sermon entitled, Be Rich. I'm going to read the verse from Ecclesiastes one more time, but I'm going to read Eugene Peterson's translation of it from the message. And I hated everything I'd accomplished and accumulated on this earth. I can't take it with me. No, I have to leave it to whoever comes after me, whether they're worthy or worthless. And who's to tell? They'll take over the earthly results of my intense thinking and hard work. Smoke. That's when I called it quits. I gave up on anything that could be hoped for on this earth. What's the point of working your fingers to the bone if you hand over what you've worked for to somebody else who has never lifted a finger for it? Smoke. That's what it is. A bad business from start to finish. So what do you get from a life of hard labor? Pain and grief from dawn to dusk. Never a decent night's rest, nothing but smoke. So I was sitting there trying to write this sermon and all I could think about was how much I hated everything. How much I hated school, how tired I was of calculus, sorry Tom, how I feel like there isn't enough time in the day, how fed up I was with expectations and how much I just hated everything. I felt exactly like the person that is speaking in the scripture. What is the point in it? At some point we are all just going to fall off the face of the earth and leave everything we have done to someone else, either in memory or in tangible items. But these things we leave could mean nothing to them. They could just toss them off the face of the earth with us. So, why work and try to accomplish anything when in the long run it's not even going to matter. So while I was sitting there hating everything, I took a moment to breathe. I looked up, I put my computer down, and I took in the world. I let the sun soak into my skin, and I let the breeze clear my head, and I thought, hmm, now, I bet God has felt this way before as well. I mean, look at what he's made. He made the entire world and I believe that he put us on it to maintain it. And I am more than positive that the creation of the world took a little bit more than six days of work. I mean, he had to make everything. He made the trees that are in my front yard. He made the tulip that'll bloom at the start of spring. He made the seashell on the beach that has every color you can imagine. And he made everything in between. I mean, think about how much time and effort that would have taken. I get to the verge of tears just trying to finish my calculus homework, let alone try to make an animal that can fly by just flapping some feathers. I don't know. So I feel like during this, God must have known that at some point there would be people who didn't value all of his work. It would start off with one, and then more and more would miss the true beauty of what he was trying to accomplish. And even with knowing this, he still made the world. He still gave us all the benefits of his efforts. But why? 
So think about one time you have enjoyed nature. It could be the smell of freshly cut roses, or the shine of the sun on the lake, or the clean look of a fresh snow, snowfall. So pick something. Got it? All right. Now let this memory fill you up. Try and remember the exact feeling you had. Remember every detail of the situation. This is why he made the world. For that one moment you felt. That one simple moment of bliss where everything was right in the world. Now, some of us will forget this moment and in time, it'll fall off the face of the earth with many other forgotten memories and moments, but we all enjoyed it while it happened. So, I mean, maybe there is a point to everything. Maybe our hard work does pay off, and even if we don't see it, because it could be that right now, someone is enjoying what you did, and it could only be for a moment, and that moment might be soon forgotten, but while they were enjoying it, enjoying what you have done, the feeling was priceless, and so are the benefits. I got a job last October working at Autobell. It's the one over by Pineville. If anyone wants to come visit me, I'll be there after this, and I will even give you free fragrance. That's, that's a deal. <laughs> so at Autobell, there are three jobs. You either clean the car, you vacuum the car, or you run Box, AKA the cash register. So it was a few weeks ago on a Saturday, and I was out front watching cars, and it was a fairly busy day, but somehow I only managed to make $1 in tips. What a letdown. And about halfway through the day, one of the managers called me back to run Box. It was hot, it was late in the afternoon, and I was tired and ready to go home along with everybody else there. And I didn't want to run Box. You don't make tips when you run Box. But luckily, the line of cars had finally slowed down and we all got to take a short breather. And when there are no cars at Autobell, we all get out of foam football and take turns trying to hit the manager's cars. So we were all having fun and letting out some steam when what do you know, God forbid, a car comes to Autobell to get washed. Goodness, I don't want to vacuum a car. I just wanted to go home. Oh well, I put on my game face and I walked up to the woman who got out of her car. Hi ma'am, welcome to Autobell. How are you today? She's not having a good day. Mm -mm. I could tell. So I walked with, with her up to the register and asked her what she was interested in. She said it needed to be washed really, really well and vacuumed really, really well. So now I got a grumpy woman with demands. Two and two don't go good. So I told her it would be $15.99 and she handed over her card. I swiped it once, and then I swiped it twice, and then a third time. But each time the register said the sad words denied. So I politely said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but your card keeps declining. Do you have any cash that you could pay with today? She pulled out her wallet and counted out $15. I saw it all come together in her eyes that she was one simple dollar short. I mean, not even a dollar, it was 99 cents. So I did the Jesus thing and I pulled out my tip of the day. $16, ma'am, there you go, have a great day. 
and you could tell that I had just made her day. One simple dollar that I would end up making up again the next day of work had made a world of difference to her day. She thanked me many times and went on her way. This, pro this lady probably isn't going to remember that dollar I gave her to wash her car. The memory has prob probably already fallen off the face of the earth. But that's all right. I know that I saved her the time and trouble by offering up my tip of the day. I received nothing of the exchange, but it's okay with me. We need to stop worrying about what benefits we will receive from our actions because they're out there somewhere. I made this woman's day by offering up, by doing something so simple and knowing that from it I would lose my only earnings of the day. I also felt the true beauty of what God had created while trying to write all of this, and it saved me from having a mental breakdown. And although I hate everything about school now, and college, and expectations, and sometimes Autobell, give it a few years and I will be done with school, and I will be pursuing my dreams by traveling the world and teaching African children to ride bikes, and I will see the pure love of life on their face, and I will then understand that all of my work and effort has paid off. I'd like to start off by clarifying that the sermon title is not a call to be like Rich Dower, as great as he may be and as much as I'm sure he'd like to think that it is. That being said, let's begin. What is it that we want? Why do we want it? Do we seek wealth and possessions? Do we seek large homes on Queens Road West or an Aston Martin to drive to the country club on weekends or an original Picasso to hang in the hall? When's the last time that you can remember wanting any of these things? I know that I certainly have any time I've seen them. I covet them. We all covet. But for what reason? In the end, it all comes to naught because it's not by what we own that we're judged at the end of our lives. One of today's passages is the parable of the rich fool from Luke, which goes as follows. A very rich man's land yielded an abundant harvest one year, and he had no place to store it all. So he said to himself, I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones so that I may eat, drink, and be merry for the rest of my life. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Granted, we now have wills that acknowledge who our worldly possessions will be passed on to, but that doesn't make this passage any less pertinent to our lives today. We are still left with the final line. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Thus it will be to all who concern themselves with the acquisition and retention of material wealth over their spiritual well-being. Thus it will be to those who are more preoccupied with what they get over what they give. What is it we have to give, though? How can we be rich toward God? To be, for me, to be rich toward God means to be rich in spirit, a wealth that is unattainable with only the riches of this world. To be rich in spirit is to be happy, to love, to give of yourself so that others may benefit from your time, your talent, and your treasure. And wealth can only do so much, no matter how much of it we stuff into our barns. 
but through the richness of our character, we can achieve a richness of this world around us unparalleled by that of any material fortune. Each one of us has been endowed with some skill or trait that makes us unique upon this earth, and it is our obligation to the one who gave us this attribute to share it with those around us. It isn't money itself that changes the world, it's what you do with it. If you keep it all for yourself, you help no one but yourself. For me, there are few uses for money that are worse than hoarding it all for yourself, neglecting those people and those causes for whom and for which it could be put to use in a way far greater than that of the individual. The same applies to the things that make us unique among the people of this earth. We must share these gifts with those who are with us. Why else is Madison so funny? Why is Margaret so kind? Why is Emily so encouraging? Why is Bennett so understanding? if they were not meant to share those gifts with the people here with them today. We all are special, not only in the eyes of God, but also in the eyes of each other. Each of us sees something in another that makes them unique among God's children. Go forth then and share yourself with others, and be rich not only towards God, but to others. For me, they are one and the same, inseparable, For me, they're one and the same, inseparable. I'd really like that to sink into you. They're one and the same. For it is in the soul that true wealth lies, not in the wallet. But frequently, it is much easier to pursue material gain than that of the soul. We like to see immediate, tangible returns on our efforts. We like to be able to have things. We like stuff. I've never really been a fan of the saying, money can't buy happiness, because often it can, but only for some people. But whose happiness does it buy? Only their own. And is it really happiness? Or do these people just build their lives into a temple to possessions with a false, superficial facade of happiness? Is it really happiness? I don't think so. So I encourage you today to find what your gift is, and to find a cause or a passion to put your heart into. Share your gift. So go forth today and be rich toward God. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.